Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. That is our theme verse from Luke chapter 2, verse 14 for this week's Berkwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. Senior Pastor Perry Duggar will continue in our series, Experiencing Christmas, with this week's episode titled, Peace on Earth. If you want to watch a video of this week's message, listen to worship, or search through our message archives, visit brookwoodchurch.org watch, or download the Brookwood Church app. We pray this message encourages you and your walk with Christ. We continue our series, Experiencing This Unusual Christmas. And today's title is Peace on Earth, as uh, Mandy so well sang just a second ago. And yet that statement hardly seems true, does it? Angels made a promise to shepherds at the time of Jesus' birth to that effect. Luke chapter 2, you can turn there, either dial in on your phones or you or in your old-fashioned Bibles, <laughs> Luke chapter 2, and we begin that night, I'm going to read this whole passage to you, just put yourself back in this place, you know, we only have a, less than a week, so if, you're, if your body hasn't caught up with your spirit yet, put yourself into the frame of mind of the arrival of Jesus. There's a lot of things mitigating against us experiencing Christmas this year. But I'm not sure that having some of the distractions turned down a bit might actually help us experience Christmas truly better. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep from animals and from thieves. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. We always think of him in the sky. We're not sure that he was in the sky. He was among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Now imagine this if you'd never seen an electric light bulb. No street lights. These people had very dim light in the evening, small lamps, fires, torches. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Remember, a sign reveals a spiritual truth and Jesus would be born of a virgin is what the prophets told us. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. 
That's a more accurate translation than the Christmas card version, goodwill toward men or goodwill toward people. But is there peace on earth? Well, this year in particular, although I would probably argue any year, but this year in particular, there's anxiety about illness, there's frustration about mask wearing or not wearing. I mean, this bunch here is righteous, so that y'all think that 11 bunch, they are just careless people. And, <laughs> and at 11 o'clock, they're saying, what are those people so afraid of? And then I stand in the middle and I satisfy neither group. So there's, there's frustration about mask wearing and not mask wearing. There's debate about does it help, does it not help? There are disputes about this election. There's clashes about quarantines and closing. There's fears about people's finances. Are they losing their businesses? There's protests and violence and vandalism. And yet, the miraculous birth of Jesus promised peace. Seems inconsistent, doesn't it? Do you need peace? But we need to start by considering what does peace mean and from where does it derive? The New Testament Greek word, Irene, translated peace, is based on the Old Testament word. Y'all know the Old Testament word. Give it to me. Shalom, shalom, which certainly refers to an absence of strife or war, but also prosperity, personal well-being, bodily health, but also, and I think more applicable to us, it means fulfillment, completeness, wholeness. And it speaks of a full and a satisfying life. As Jesus said in John 10, I bring life that is truly life. I bring a full life. And you might respond, well, Jesus has come, but peace hasn't followed. Now, Zechariah added this. Zechariah chapter one, verse 78. I mean, Zechariah, Luke chapter one. And it begins there in verse 78. And he says, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us in the path of peace. Now, Zechariah, remember, was a priest, also the father of John the Baptist. And when the angel appeared to him and told him that he would have a son, this was his prophecy. So he referred to his son in the prophecy, he referred to Jesus in the prophecy. So if this one that was going to come and lead us out of the darkness, out of the shadow of death, we need to figure out where is this path of peace so that we can discover it and pursue it. 
This Christmas child provides it to us, but do we know where it is? Do we know how to find it? I think the path of peace provides at least three things. First, reconciliation with God. God is our creator. And so because of that, and he's sovereign over, over our lives and over this world. So because of that, we all live our lives in relation to him. Now that's true whether we acknowledge him or not. We are not all naturally by birth at peace with God. This is something our culture doesn't want to accept. But the reality is that even though God is our father by birth, the relationship is broken by our sin and we're separated from him. But more accurately than merely separated, which can almost sound as a passive um, reference, more accurately, we're opposed to him because we have not submitted ourselves to his rule and his right to our lives. You say, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not an enemy of God. Well, Romans 5.10 and Colossians 1.21 say that we are. Now, when we reject God, when we refuse to believe, when we disobey, when we won't even acknowledge him, we will live with an ever-present, ongoing sense that something's missing. You know what I'm talking about? Something's missing. There's an inner emptiness. There's an ongoing unrest. Because you see, without God in his rightful place in our lives, we're unsettled. Some of us that grew up, perhaps we were adopted, perhaps we only had one parent growing up. We, we always had this sense, something's missing. Is that right? Something's, bit, something's missing. I'm not sure who I am. Well, it's more so if you're disconnected from God. So we, we seek to drown out this this inner emptiness by seeking satisfaction, security, fulfillment from the things that this world offers. Possessions, pleasure, status, popularity, at least distraction. But you see, this pursuit of something to feel where God is not is the source of many of our addictions. Because we know it's there and we're trying to quiet it. We're trying to fill it. We're trying to distract. But that's why addictions grow stronger and stronger and stronger because what we've used after a while doesn't satisfy. Some of us seek causes 
to, to, to find meaning, to bring focus to our lives. Unfortunately, sometimes even these causes, it's, whereas some of them are very meaningful, some of them just become an expression, a way to express frustration and anger. Nothing this world offers satisfies. It's all temporal. And what we are missing is this inner wholeness, which is peace. And it only comes from being connected, reconciling with God. We need to know God fully. We need to be known by him completely. We need to be forgiven and be free. We were created to be in relationship with God. And if we're not, we'll always feel like we're out of place. Something's lacking. I just don't know what it is. You know, it used to be in vogue to talk about, I don't know what my purpose is. Well, do you know the one who gives you purpose? And Jesus came that very first Christmas to offer what we need. 40 days after Jesus' birth, his parents went to the temple to offer a purification sacrifice um, for Mary's delivery. Any woman having delivered would then go to the temple, there would be a sacrifice offered, and they were also going to dedicate their firstborn son to God. There was a man there, who knows his name? Simeon. And Simeon had been promised by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah. And he was led that very day to the temple by the Spirit. Luke chapter two, verse 25 and through 27. And so we pick up at verse 28 in Luke chapter two. Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and he praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. See, when we know the Messiah, when we've experienced the Messiah, we can even die in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations and he is the glory of your people, Israel. He was the glory of Israel because you see, it was to Israel that God's revelation was given. And it was to Israel that the Savior arrived first. Jesus came to provide salvation to people. He was a light to reveal God to us. Now, it's interesting that there's another Hebrew word that is translated peace. 
and it is Shalem, or as we would say in English, Salem. And what it means is to to be made whole, but the way you're made whole is to repay, to fulfill, to finish, to restore, to make restitution or recompense. So it refers to paying a debt that's outstanding. So that's particularly applicable to us as well because we owed an unpayable debt to God for our sin. We can only be reconciled, restored to relationship with God by trusting something Jesus did. See, you can't just say, oh, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change and believe in God. Well, that would be a good thing, but that does nothing for your sin. So I keep saying this to us, but faith is trusting in something I had no control over, but I am deeply dependent on. Jesus received punishment for my sins. And that provided me peace. Look at Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we've been made right with God, in God's sight. Now being right in God's sight is, what's the word? Righteous. See, right in God's sight is just the word righteous. That's what righteous means. We think of it means well-behaving. But what it really means is right in God's eyes, rightness before God. So we've been made right in God's sight by faith. So we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Do you have peace with God? Every one of us has to ask that question. There's not a more important Christmas question. You know, the kids are all asked, what would you like for Christmas? But the most applicable question for Christmas is, do I have peace with God? And if you are unsure or you don't think you do, do you desire it? Do you desire peace with God? The next step on the path of peace is restoration with others. Jesus' birth and subsequent death and resurrection effects or causes peace with God. But it also enables peace with others. Now, some of you are already saying, but you don't know who I live with. You don't know all my family. Isn't that right, Mickey? You don't, they don't know all your family. You don't know who am I work for. You don't, know who, you don't know who my brother married. And some of you are saying, thank God for COVID-19 because I can tell them it's too dangerous to come to my house. <laughs> but you know what we have to do is we have to begin... Yeah, I was talking about you, Mickey. We we have to begin by asking, 
why don't we have peace with others? That's where we start, isn't it? Why don't I have peace with others? James chapter four, verse one. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? In other words, who is the source of your conflict? Who? Y'all, y'all sure of that? Up there in the cheap seats, who's the source of your conflict? I need to hear y'all, we're gonna be stuck here for a while. Who's the source of your conflict? Ourselves. Now that's a big awareness. I'm the commonality in all my conflicts. Who's the source of my conflict is me. Look at Mark 7, 20 and 22. And then he goes on. You want what you don't have. And that can be possessions. We immediately think it's some kind of possession, some position or prestige. But it might also be respect, control, and the compliance of others. So you scheme, manipulate, deceive, and you kill, which obviously can mean taking the life of another. But it might mean destroying someone's reputation. And so you, you do whatever you have to, to get it. So you're willing to damage others to build up yourself. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are wrong. You only want what will give you pleasure. God's not interested in supplying our selfish and our self-centered requests, particularly at the expense of someone else. See, the core cause of our conflict is based on our own selfish jealousy which might be expressed not only wanting what someone else has, but it might be this. Now listen to me closely. It, it might also be wanting others to listen to and accept my opinions. It might be wanting people to live the way I want them to live. And it might be them treating me the way I want to be treated. That's a jealousy as well, you see. God is jealous for the love of his people. Well, some of us are jealous for the respect of others. Now, the problem is we've adopted the world's pride-producing values of, of possessions and position and power. Our culture has just gone crazy needing other people's affirmation. 
I know a pastor, he's big in all this social media stuff, you know. And he asked me one time, he said, man, you have no social media presence at all. <laughs> and I just, I just said, well, true. But, but let me answer that. I care more that my name is known in heaven than it is known by however many on earth. Uh, but, but people are all, they're always talking about, well, I got, I've got a thousand followers or I've got 10,000 followers. I've got 40,000 followers. I've got, so what? They don't know you. If they knew you, they wouldn't like you. But you see what's missing here, that we're so caught up with that. Oh, I wish I was somebody, what is that new thing? I wish I was somebody on TikTok. I think, I'm, I, think, I think I might get a TikTok channel, see if I can do some dancing and singing. Would y'all, would y'all, what's it called? Would y'all, uh, what do you call it, Melvin, if they like you? Would y'all follow me and would y'all like me? That's it, would you like me? If I did some dancing and singing, and would you like me? <laughs> I mean, that's my point. See how ridiculous this is? And yet, I can make y'all laugh about it, and yet it is a real driving force in many, many people's lives. There's something missing, Betsy, there's something missing. We've adopted the wrong value system. We know God, why do we accept this world's value system? Because see, if we accept this world's value system, then anybody that competes with us, anybody that challenges our ambition, anyone that doesn't show us sufficient respect and regard is going to be seen as an adversary that must be defeated. Well, he has more likes than me. He has more followers than me. Peace with others isn't getting their likes. Peace with others is always a product of peace with God. It is knowing you are accepted, loved, valued by your creator and heavenly father. And that enables you to love and respect other people. You know what I'm talking about? When you understood God loved you, you no longer needed other people to affirm you. Is that right? Now, if you are deeply in need of everybody agreeing with you, you don't yet understand God's love for you. Is that fair? And it enables you to love and respect others, even others who disagree with you. The masked can love the unmasked. The unmasked can respect the masked. And it's okay. It's okay. 
Because what other people think isn't a threat to you. Well, even what they think about you isn't a threat to you because you know what the God of the universe, your creator, your heavenly father thinks about you. But you got to get that in your soul. If you feel less than others, you don't understand how much you matter to God. If you feel less than others. So God enables us to have peaceful relationships with others. He equips us to be able to interact. Well, how does he do that? Well, he conforms our character. He shapes off the rough spots. He gives us what? Well, he gives us the fruit of the spirit. And so instead of jealousy and insecurity, control and anger defining our lives, what defines our lives is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. I think all those enable you to get along with other people, don't you? Now, it's a process. And even as the Spirit changes us make, and makes it easier to get along with difficult people and also makes it easier for us to stop being difficult people. Can I get an amen there? We're still responsible for treating people a certain way. You see what I'm saying? Even, even before you've been completely transformed, you're responsible for doing things the Christ-like way anyway. Colossians 3.13 says, make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you and you must forgive others. See, here's the point. If you know that God forgave you, you'll be able to forgive. Because if you've been forgiven, you know it's not something you deserved. And when you've been filled with that much grace, you'll give grace. Now, all of us want mercy and forgiveness from God for ourselves, but see, many of us refuse to extend it to people who have hurt us. I want mercy for me. I want justice for you. And some of us even justify our attitude saying, well, this person keeps on hurting me. And it's not fair that this person is forgiven without suffering pain. See, some of us in this room will not forgive a certain person because somehow we think we're holding them accountable. And all we're doing is damaging our own souls. Is that right? Experiencing God's forgiveness and his acceptance removes from me, removes from you the need to punish other people. And the grace 
And what's the simple definition of grace? What? Yeah, unmerited favor. You got to understand it's favor, but you can't miss that it's unmerited. Because that's what does something to you. Unmerited, undeserved favor. When you get that from God, it removes any need to get even with anybody else. So let me say this. If you right now, you've, you've got this need to put somebody in their place, to punish, to get even, you haven't experienced God's grace. Not fully. Not fully. Because you know what? When you do, you think that's gone, John? When you know God's grace, can you release others? Is there a relationship of yours, a bad one, that needs to be restored? Is there someone you need to forgive? I'm talking about someone at fault who intentionally hurt you. That's the one, I'm, that's the one that needs forgiving. Is there someone you need to forgive? If you can forgive this Christmas, you'll experience the grandest Christmas ever possible. Because that's God's greatest gift that you need to open. The third step on the path of peace is reliance on Jesus. I've already said we can acknowledge that our world's experiencing frustration, conflict, fear, anger, illness, injustice, dishonesty, manipulation, exploitation, not peace. And yet we've been promised peace. But you must understand, you must grasp that peace is a spiritual gift. It's an internal state of being that is not, cannot be based on calm external circumstances or even desirable external circumstances. See, do you believe this? You can possess peace internally when conflict and chaos exist externally. Do you believe that? Y'all really believe that? Be careful. Be careful. And let me say this. A lot of us are saying, oh, this year, 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 oh, this year. A lot of you were full of turmoil before 2020 rolled in. Wait a minute, now is that nervous laughter? We keep looking for another reason why we're unsettled, don't we? When the reason we're not unsettled, the reason we're unsettled is we're not connected to God through Jesus Christ. Peace is a sense of secure contentment and settled confidence. It's feeling whole. That word, that word fits, doesn't it? What do you think, Ron? You like that one? Feeling whole. 
being free of anxiety, even in the midst of threatening circumstances. Now you may say, well, is that possible? The angel said it was. John 14, Jesus said this, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is not like the peace the world gives, which is based on circumstances. So don't be troubled or afraid. See, this, the worldly peace is based on favorable circumstances, on comfort and absence of conflict, no stress, no needs, no problems, no illness, no difficulties. This is not possible in this life. Jesus said he gave us a different kind of peace. It's not like the world's peace. The only way to experience and express peace in this world is to rely on Jesus' words, to trust his promises, to live in his presence through prayer and reading God's word. How much time have you been spending in the presence of God versus watching news channels? Philippians 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. See, the more time you spend reflecting on God's gifts to you, the more appreciative you become. Gratefulness expands what you have and reduces what you think you don't. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand because it isn't based on circumstances. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The presence of Jesus within in the person of the Holy Spirit is more powerful than any problems without. But it takes some time to build up living, experiencing the presence of Christ within you. But we can and we will experience peace when we trust, we rely on Jesus regardless of what happens. Are you at peace today? Are you at peace today? Not because circumstances are what you want them to be. Because you know what? Every one of us can find something wrong with the circumstance. Every one of us. 
And if some people get what they want, the other half loses what they want. You see what I'm saying? That's why for us, peace has to be about Christ, not about anything in this world. And we can be at peace because we rely on, we trust in the promises of Jesus. You want, you want the best Christmas gift that's possible this year? Peace with God. You want to give away the best gift that's possible? You having peace so you can express peace to others. You can look at the memory verse as one I read earlier, John 16, 33. Well, no, here, let me close with this one. This is a little different. I have told you all this so that you may have peace, where? Didn't it mean to say in this world? Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Take heart, I've overcome this world. Doesn't mean he fixed all those problems at all. We will persevere through it and beyond it by Christ. Care volunteers, please come to the front. You know, if you want to pray with someone, if you are troubled, nothing in this message, you know, I meant in no way to, to make you feel worse about yourself. What I want to do is speak so that you can gain some awareness of where you are spiritually and what is truly causing that, that unsettled feeling within. These people are here to pray with you, to talk with you, to anoint you with oil for healing. Um, I think they're also across the concourse in the care connection room. Pursue peace and share it with others this Christmas. Father, we thank you for this word. Show us where we are and show us who is truly the source of peace. In his blessed name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. Our memory verse is John 16, verse 33. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Here's this week's spiritual practice. The words of Jesus bring peace. Read the book of John and ask Jesus to show you the words he wants you to remember. At Brookwood, we want to help you pursue a relationship with Jesus so that you can experience a transformed life. One way you can do this is by getting connected at Brookwood. Please email us at connections at brookwoodchurch.org or call 864-688-8326 to speak to someone on our Connections team. Thank you for listening. Have a great week and Merry Christmas.